Hey everyone, it's October. It's hard to believe we are in the fourth quarter of 2023. And in the last two weeks, we have seen more MAGA madness than we've seen in a while. But gang, it's not going to get better. These people don't become normal overnight, and they're not likely to unless they are defeated and defeated badly next year. I need you to go to jointheunion.us or lincolnproject.us and sign up. Join our movement, gang. It matters. It takes all of us, and with all of us, we can make this happen. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to The Lincoln Project. I'm your host, Reed Galen. Today, I'm once again joined by Claire Atkin, co-founder of Check My Ads, an independent watchdog nonprofit that's reshaping the digital ad tech industry by cutting disinformation off from its lifeline, which is ads which equal money. Claire, good to have you back. Hi, it's good to be here, Reed. Thanks for having me. So last week, Claire, in the Check My Ads newsletter, you all published an article about the platform Rumble and the campaign that you are all running against it. And before we get into the work you're doing, first remind our listeners who and what Check My Ads is, and then tell us what Rumble is, who's on there. I know there's a new addition that's probably interesting to many folks, but give us a sense of who and what Check My Ads is. What do y'all do? Sure. So thanks for having me. Check My Ads is the internet ad tech watchdog. We watch where advertising goes on the internet on behalf of advertisers. So advertisers the world over have said they don't want to be on hate and harassment. They don't want to be on election disinformation. They certainly don't want to be on things that are causing mass violence. And so the question is, like, why are they still funding these things? And Rumble is the perfect time to explain how this all goes down. So on the ad tech piece, let's take television advertising, right? So if Procter & Gamble wants to advertise on television, ABC, CBS, NBC, whoever, right? They're pretty much going to be okay. They can choose the shows they want, but broadly speaking, a traditional broadcast network is going to be pretty safe. Same with cable networks, but we've seen this with Fox News, which is a lot of their nighttime, their nightside programming gets really weird, sort of bespoke MAGA advertisers, gold, prepper stuff, my pillow, because advertisers of note and of, you know, good standing don't want their brands pitched on there. But how is it different and harder online to prevent that stuff? So on cable, they can just make a phone call and say, let me be on this show. But online, advertisers don't place ads themselves on the internet. They get middlemen to do that for them. And the supply chain is complicated. It can have like four or five or more hops between the advertiser and a website. And these middlemen, like Google, promise a certain standard. They promise brand safety. This says that their ads won't get placed on places that are not good for their brand to be associated with. And what we're seeing over and over again is that Google is violating their own standards. Because to them, one, first and foremost, it's they don't use the tagline, don't be evil anymore. It's make more money, right? And second, this takes work, right? To curate this stuff would take a lot of work and a lot of time. And lastly, who the heck's paying attention anyway? Exactly. So Rumble has happened, and it's like a perfect storm of this problem. Rumble is a YouTube competitor. They were founded in 2013 out of Toronto in Canada, and they are backed by Peter Thiel and J.D. Vance and invested in by Dan Bongino. 
and they call themselves a free speech platform. And they platform Alex Jones and Steve Bannon and Dan Bongino, all these people that advertisers have been very clear about not wanting to be associated with. But Google is just sending ads to this platform anyway. Right. So Dan Bongino, would you call Bongino like their main attraction, for lack of a better way to put it? I think he probably hopes that. But Rumble is doing so much that, I mean, they're even like hosting the GOP debates at this point. Like they are the platform of the alt-right. And Dan Bongino is maybe like the loudest and most brutish of folks. But like Charlie Kirk is on there too. And I think all of them are bad news. Right. And let me just say, and Claire, I've talked to you offline about this. So I've known Bongino for like 10 years. And I actually worked for him in full disclosure. In 2013, he was retiring as a member of the United States Secret Service, and he wanted to run for the United States Senate in Maryland as a moderate Republican against Ben Cardin. Ben Cardin was up that year in 14. And he said all these things, Claire, like, you know, I didn't always agree with President and Mrs. Obama on politics, but it wasn't my job. I have the utmost respect for them. They were always great to me and my colleagues, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's interesting all of this time later that the reason why he and I parted ways, I remember where I was, I was standing in a parking lot in the town I lived in at the time, and he loved to be on television, right? He loved it. He loved to be on television and he was still on mainstream networks. And in this particular case, a bunch of Secret Service agents had just gotten in trouble in South America, I believe in Colombia, because they had hired ladies of the evening, let's say it that, because we're a family show, and afterward had refused to pay them. And these contractors, we'll call them, were very upset and made a stink about it. And these agents got in trouble for it. So Bongino says, I'm going to go on Good Morning in America. And they called me up. We're going to go on and talk about this. I said, OK, good question. Do you know any of these agents? And he said, why? I said, because they're going to probably ask you, do you know any of these agents? And he said, well, one of them was my brother. I said, well, Dan, I wouldn't do this if I were you then, because if you go on Good Morning America and they ask you, do you know any of them? I don't think it's OK to lie and say you don't know any if you did, but it's especially egregious if it's your brother. And he was so intent on getting that morning show hit that, like, I don't think we ever spoke again. And now, Claire, you and your partner, check my ads, Nandini, have had quite an interesting history with Dan Bongino. Why have you so enraged him? So a year after the insurrection, it was January 5th, 2022, and we knew that the next day would be the anniversary of the insurrection. And we launched a campaign called Defund the Insurrectionists, where we identified the top six people who had made the most money off the big lie that year. And Dan Bongino was one of them. And we put out this campaign. And over the course of about four months, Dan Bongino lost all of his ad exchanges on Bongino.com. And what that meant is that he no longer could get ads. And one of the reasons that he was the one who lost his ads the fastest and like the most is because he ran a harassment campaign against us that was so vile and ended up leading to someone stalking us and people calling us like child groomers and, you know, the, the usual attacks. And he's doing it again because this time it's about his investment, Rumble. And he thinks that if he's loud enough and if he's vile enough and if he makes up enough lies, that we'll leave him alone. But I guess my question is this, and 
I think it begs the question, Claire, for you, Nanani, me, folks here at the Lincoln Project, anybody who's gone this far, at what point do you think that like saying bad things about us is going to get us to stop doing what we believe is right? Does that make sense? Like Bongino is not upset. Like Dan would be wherever the money was. But what he found was the easiest money was being the worst person, which was a really easy thing for him to do anyway. Right. And now you're calling him out for it. Like I know that Elon Musk is suing Imran and the folks over at Center for Countering Digital Hate for the same kind of idea, which is these free speech absolutists do not want you encroaching on their quote unquote speech, no matter how awful it is. So there are two reasons to be a publisher of disinformation. Either it's politically advantageous or it's financially advantageous. And we have these politicians in America making a lot of political moves thanks to election manipulation. But around them, we have all these grifters who are making money off of ads just by trying to get people to click on their hate bait. And Dan Bongino is one of those people. He's making a lot of money on ads or used to be making a lot of money on ads. And Rumble is like his last stand. Now, it's important to note that Rumble is making money for Dan Bongino against all the wishes of the advertisers who were there. So Rumble is this platform that does have its own exchange, but it doesn't make a lot of money off its own exchange because advertisers are not intentionally building business relationships there. Instead, they have Google ads and Google video partners. And I can talk about both of those. But these are places where advertisers think that they are safe, and yet Google is sending ads to them. They're sending banner ads to the website, and ads that are meant for YouTube are being sent to Rumble through a program called Google Video Partners. And so to us, this is a scandal on Google more than it is on Rumble, because at least Rumble is straightforward about what they're doing. Google is being two-faced, and advertisers who are finding themselves on Rumble are having to contend with these two issues. And, you know, if I buy a television ad, Claire, I have a buyer and my buyer works with a cable system or a television station, whatever, right? It's, it's only really a one-stop process. It's a fairly straightforward thing to do. Why is it that there are so many middlemen in here? Why is it that it goes from family brand A over here to Dan Bongino, you know, step G. Like, why are there so many people in the middle? Years ago, when advertising became a digital industry, advertisers were not sure how to place ads on the internet. And they, they couldn't. They didn't have the technological power to do that. And so middlemen had to do it for them, and they stepped in. And middlemen take a cut of every single campaign. And the more middlemen there are on this supply chain, the more people can take a cut. And so this industry has ballooned exponentially over the last 20 years because it is the perfect place to take a cut of every campaign, to work on arbitrage. There is incredible fraud in this industry. And it's just a really easy place to make a buck. And then also, if you really are nasty, to hide it. It's really good for money laundering as well. And so what we're finding is that all of these companies, they're getting in on the buck. So when you say the companies, we're talking about the rumbles of the world. The rumbles of the world and all the middlemen in between. So middlemen like Google, Google Ads, Pubmatic, 
Magnite, Triple Lift, all the ad, we call them ad exchanges. They're companies that work with a real-time bidding system to place ads on the internet. And we found over and over again that they're lying about brand safety standards and they're often conducting fraud. You know, Google just this last year was caught doing an incredible type of fraud with YouTube ads that they were placing elsewhere on the internet, but also hiding them so that people couldn't see them, but they were saying that they got seen. So there's like just so much nefarious practice in this industry. And it's not surprising that Google is funding Rumble in this way, but it is a scandal because Rumble is causing real life violence in the world, real life harm to people. They are extraordinarily anti-Semitic. They are anti-climate change and will lie about climate change. They will lie about the election. And they're making a lot of money. Support for the Lincoln Project podcast comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who've switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable, all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash Lincoln. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Lincoln. Odoo, modern management made simple. I mean, isn't what Google doing, isn't that fraud? I think that's a question for lawyers, but like if I was an advertiser and I had a vendor and the vendor said they were going to do one thing and then they went to do another, I would fire them and I would demand my money back. But is it just the nature, of, and I want to stick on Google here for a second, is it just the nature of their size that they basically run so much of the internet or so much of the internet runs through their pipes, uh, not their pipes, but over their networks or whatever that they just basically are? I mean, I know they're being sued you know, by the U.S. government now, but is it one of those things where they just have so much control over the, the online advertising business that it's almost too big to stop? Google is a monopoly. They're vertically and horizontally integrated into the internet. They do a lot of things that are helpful for us. And also they take advantage of the fact that they are vertically integrated. And yet, I mean, the DOJ needs to hold them accountable. The FTC needs to hold them accountable. And in the meantime, you and me and everyone listening to this podcast right now can hold them accountable on this one thing. And that's what we're asking everyone to do right now is contact the ad exchanges with us that are working with Rumble. Contact Google. We have templates for this. And to help advertisers stay away from this stuff because advertisers really, really don't want to be involved. So let, let's take it back to the personal for a second. So whether or not it's Bongino or Charlie Kirk, obviously Alex Jones, we've known his ugliness. Now they've added Russell Brand. Is that right? Because he's been cut off of YouTube. So Russell Brand has been on Rumble for a while, and he's been monetizing his videos on YouTube and Rumble and making a lot of money off of his conspiracy theories. But recently in the UK, some really serious allegations and a four-year report has come out that says that he has been accused of serious sexual assault and sexual assault of a minor. And consequently, advertisers have become aware of Rumble, and YouTube immediately pulled out. They demonetized him super fast. They were like, okay, this is not brand safe. This is a really scary story. They don't want anything to do with it. Rumble said, 
they would still monetize it. And so this news outlet in the UK went and asked Burger King and ASOS and the Barbican, which is like a gallery in London, if they wanted to be on the Russell Brand videos on Rumble. And they were like, wait, what's Rumble? Oh, my God. No, we don't want to be there. Thanks for letting us know. And they pulled out. Would you say he's brand unsafe? (laughs) Russell Brand is unsafe. Yeah, I would. And I think he's been becoming increasingly brand unsafe over the course of years. But let me ask you to take a step away from the advertising piece of this and into the psychological piece of this. So Russell Brand, in his day, very funny British actor. I think he had his big breakthrough in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, basically played the same character in, well, really in every movie, Get Him to the Greek and all these other things. You know, he was married to Katy Perry. I think he broke up with her via text message. Literally, there's like video of her getting the text right before she goes on stage at a concert. But then it was like, is his act, I guess, I don't know, Claire, if it worth thin, or he decided like he was going to be anti-vax or conspiracy theory. He went further and further away. But as, as they get further away from the mainstream, right, it's like the pull to the darkness speeds up. Does that make sense? Like it starts as like a little bit of step out of the mainstream and then you go two or three steps further. And before you know it, you're just all the way in the black hole. And now it's like, you know, when these allegations about sexual assault came out, it's the mainstream media, the deep state. I'm trying to be deplatformed. It's never about their behavior. It's never about his behavior and the bad things he's done. Right. It's all about these people. Like, let's be clear. Like, does Russell Brand have a following? He does. Do I think it's the kind of following where like the tripartite commission and the Bilderbergs are after him? Like, I just don't think it is. Yeah, it's Russell Brand's an interesting character in this particular story because he is incredibly verbose. He's very entertaining. He has made a name for himself. And throughout his rise, he has taken advantage of his power and abilities to seemingly take advantage of women. And consequently, there's this big story that has come out and brands just don't want to be anywhere near it. And the thing to remember is that advertisers always make decisions to not be on brand unsafe places. And they go with the flow just like anyone else does. In fact, probably with more vehemence because they really don't want to be on things that give people the ick. So this is not a question of like turning a switch on and off on one person. They are making decisions every single day about where they want to be, what would be beneficial to their brand. And today, Russell Brand is not that person. Now, how this is a scandal is that advertisers, if they had control over their own campaign, would already have pulled out. But they can't if they're part of Google Video Partners or the Google Display Network, where they're showing banner ads or video ads, because Russell Brand is on Rumble, and Rumble does whatever they want, and Rumble is in business with Google. And so this is a Peter Thiel operation. This is a J.D. Vance operation. So, I mean, I think for the listeners, too, to think about it, and Claire, we often say this, I'm going to get just slightly political for a second. I mean, it all, it's all wrapped up. That what we're seeing now is not just Donald Trump and the Republican Party, but an authoritarian populist movement. And so much of it is tied up together. And Thiel is the perfect example of a financier J.D. Vance ran as a Republican and was elected. Right. And now he's all you know, he's anti-Ukraine, pro-Russia, you know, 
says women shouldn't work in the office, even though his wife is an attorney for some super firm, right? But it's all mixed together. It all is self-supporting. And I feel like, Claire, you know, they spin the flywheel and it doesn't really matter what direction it, it spins in, but there's always another, you know, thing along the loop to keep it going, whether or not that's Trump, whether or not that's Bongino and Charlie Kirk, whether or not that's J.D. Vance in an official capacity or Peter Thiel as a financier or the listeners who go out and threaten people like you and Nandini, right? Like it all fits together. It's all interlocking pieces of a very large and ugly, well-resourced and relentless operation that I think so much of this where you talk about, you know, ad exchanges, right? And it's one of those things. And this is why it's so hard to deconstruct because you know, unless it's you and Nanani and check my ads who are so steeped in this, it's A, opaque to everybody. B, it's complicated. And C, it feels a little bit about like playing whack-a-mole. And even if you were an octopus, you couldn't keep up. Yeah. So what you just said feels scary. So let me bring it a little bit down. I think Lincoln Project supporters understand this one thing better than most people in America. We are no longer in a conversation of progressive versus traditional policies. We are currently fighting for the right to have that debate. And Republicans and Democrats alike are about to be inundated this next year with an increase in extremist violence. And so this is no longer a conversation versus left versus right. It is about regular folks, moderate folks coming together and saying, we want to be able to fight each other without the distraction of political violence. And all of these people, and especially on Rumble, Alex Jones, Dan Bongino, Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon called for the beheading of Dr. Fauci. I mean, we are talking about people who are literally causing real world violence in the form of, for instance, the insurrection. And we can't have a conversation that is a regular left versus right conversation when these people are threatening these things. And that is the one thing that we can all agree on. And advertisers also see that. So yes, it's all this big web and the politicians are in bed with the media of, you know, the disinformation sphere that's writing up all these lies and working together. And on social media, it feels so overwhelming because you see people believing this stuff. But we see the internet as the thing that is making or breaking reality. And the thing that feeds the internet, the economy of the internet, is ads. And that is something that we can do something about. You know, these people, these extremists, they are making money against the wishes of advertisers and against the best wishes of consumers who buy those products. And so we can actually go and say, this is too far. Right. And you know, to add a little bit of a pop culture thing to it, right, it's to see what these folks will take on on their programs, right? It's like Travis Kelsey tied in for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's an incredible football player. Obviously, the Taylor Swift add-on has sort of, you know, made everything very loud. But like the right wingers hate him because he did an ad for COVID vaccines and he, he's represented by Bud Light. And now he's, you know, dating, hanging out, whatever the case might be with Taylor Swift. And so now he's some sort of cuck, right? And so, like, it's just one of those weird things where whatever the most normal thing is, Claire, they will make abnormal. 
And what of the, whatever the most abnormal thing is, they will go out of their way to make seem rational. Well, if you just knew what we know, here's what we're seeing. Here's what we know, right? And it's like, so here's the thing. If you believe these people, then you believe that Joe Biden isn't a legally elected president, that we live in an occupied country, that he actually, you know, Trump actually won the 2020 election, but they can't tell anybody that and they can't dare have him return to power. Therefore, Biden and his crime family had to now prosecute Trump for all of these crimes that just the Bidens and the Democrats made up out of whole cloth. See how it works? Doesn't that make sense? Right. And that's so much of it. And it's you know, I call it sort of the supply side economics of disinformation, which is if you pump enough of this stuff into the ether, not everybody, not even most people, but enough people will pick it up. That's exactly what is happening. And the way that the Internet has been built is as a marketing funnel for corporations. So if you have a website that has content, there is a marketing funnel that when you arrive on the web, so you arrive on the website because you clicked on a thing on social media. And then when you get there, there's like a email provider and a customer relationship management software in the back. And you can do affiliate links. There's all these tools. 10% off your first order. Exactly. When they do that, they're capturing your data so that they can better move you through a funnel where you are more and more likely to purchase a product. Well, that system, that marketing funnel has been co-opted by extremists to capture people on social media, get them to go to a website, and then they use these tools, these email marketing tools, these affiliate link tools, the data brokers, the analytics, everything to better and better radicalize people over time. And so the vast majority of people, they're not super radical, but they've seen the stuff and they have some questions. But then there's more and more people getting suckered in down the funnel, and the internet was built that way. Do you think when you're talking about the funnel, and the path to radicalization. Do you think some of it is just whatever is the craziest thing I can say about the news today? And or do you think some of it is absolutely intentional? Or is it all intentional and some of it is planned and some of it is just like, what's the outrage of the day? I think when you're working in bad faith and your job is just to sow chaos, you can sometimes have intentions and sometimes just be chaotic. And like, you don't have to be nearly as careful as someone who's adhering to journalistic standards. And that is rewarded by this system because clicks and impressions and time on screen gets rewarded with ads. And that is something that we need to fix. Well, and then on the social media front, Claire, correct me if I'm wrong, is the crazier the thing, the darker the thing, the more it gets clicked on, the more that stuff gets elevated up and up and up and up the stream or up the stack, whatever the expression is. And so you know, while these, you know, as, as Scott Galloway said on another podcast last week, that these people claim to be just bulletin boards. But the truth is they're not bulletin boards because they're taking the worst content they can find via the algorithm and promoting it, at which point you're not a, just a bulletin board. Right. It's not just like, hey, free guitar lessons or whatever. You're now saying, hey, you know, learn how to hit somebody over the head with a broken guitar. Right. Like it's a different thing. And so, you know, whether or not you, you talk about Google, but Facebook is in there. TikTok is in there, in, you know, well, Meta, I guess, Facebook and Instagram, right? They're all in on it. Twitter obviously has become a cesspool, right? I mean, it is an ugly place. I um, mean, it was always ugly, but it's become in a year, really in the year since Musk bought it, he has shown you how much damage one person can do and how much sewage one person can spill out into this sort of 
marketplace of ideas, for lack of a better way to put it. The social media companies are amplifying and profiting from amplifying disinformation. All you have to do is look at Facebook's top 10 posts every day. You know, it's Breitbart, it's Dan Bongino, it's Ben Shapiro. These posts are going viral because they scapegoat marginalized people and people are curious about how to stay safe. It is a system that profits from this kind of hate, this kind of scapegoating, this kind of disinformation. And yet, Facebook is not where disinformation makes money because they're not revenue share. And as soon as they do revenue share, just like Twitter just started revenue sharing, then it becomes part of the disinformation economy. And that is why Rumble is top of mind right now. It's because it's not just that Rumble is amplifying and profiting from the disinformation. It's that they have money going directly into the hands of these bad actors. Bad actors like Alex Jones. You go to Alex Jones's website. He doesn't have any ads. He doesn't have a cable show. Why? Because it's not profitable for him to be spewing his lies the way that he has done for years because advertisers don't want to be there. Well, on Rumble, with Google ads, they're making it so that advertisers have to support his kind of thing because they're revenue sharing. I'm going to ask this question. It, it might be a legal question. I think there's a moral question I think we know the answer to. Are ad servicers, Google being first among them, do they have any responsibility or accountability for this? I think that's the one question that we all have to decide collectively, is that they should. They have declared that they are the pipes, that they are just infrastructure for the internet. But that's not true. They have been actively demonetizing media that is owned by Black Americans, media that is owned by LGBTQ Americans, and they are amplifying, let alone all the rest of the media, which they are also demonetizing. And they are amplifying disinformation like Zero Hedge and Fox News and the Gateway Pundit. And these are all decisions that they are making as a business. And the question is, will advertisers hold them accountable? Will consumers or citizens hold them accountable? And I said that they were monetizing the Gateway Pundit. They actually stopped doing that last year because it was in the news that they were monetizing Gateway Pundit. And so they decided to pull it. And it's only really when we look at them and we say very clearly that something is over the line, that they do anything about it, they only ever are responsive to PR crises. And we need to change that. Right. Well, because again, because as we know, right, there's a very, I think, active, let's just stay on Google for a second. There's a very active employee base at Google, right? They have a very active sort of internal forum. And I would venture to say that they're probably... A lot of them are libertarian-ish sort of in their worldview, but they're probably more progressive, right, in sort of their social views and how they see the world and all that kind of stuff. And it's a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, these people are probably anathema to them, right? And so it's like, hey, you know, you don't want trouble on the home front, right? Nobody ever wants trouble on the home front. They want peace within their own homes. Yeah, that's so funny that you brought libertarianism because like the opposite of what Check My Ads does is forcing private corporations to advertise on every single media equally. Like, advertisers want to make decisions about their own campaigns, and that is a very libertarian position. So that advertisers should have free speech and should be able to conduct their business the way they want to. 
But the opposite of that is that advertisers should be forced to advertise on Alex Jones and Steve Bannon and Dan Bongino. And so libertarians and check my ads are actually very aligned. It is the people who would sort of demand that we govern the way that private corporations do business who are not aligned. But I mean, let me say this, though. I mean, to use a a well-worn, probably overworn expression, which is Google can't yell fire in a crowded theater or it can't provide the bullhorn to somebody or it shouldn't provide the bullhorn to somebody to yell fire in a crowded theater. Should it? If that's a question of Google's free speech, that is beyond my purview. But that's not what is happening here. What is happening here is that Google has hundreds of clients and every single one of them expects a certain standard. Now, if you go to your search button and you search for Google Publisher Policy, you can see a document that Google has published that says that within their inventory of websites, there's no COVID-19 disinformation. There's no pro-Russian disinformation. There's no election disinformation. And this is spelled out word for word in Google's standards in their what is called a supply policy or a publisher policy. And so advertisers will refer to this when they're choosing to work with Google versus the Trade Desk versus Pubmatic versus Magnite. And they're choosing Google because Google has allegedly the highest standard. Yeah, but that's like me putting up a sign on my door saying, I have hair. Might be a wonderful thing to aspire to, but it's just not true. Right. And what we're talking about here is not Google causing real world violence, although they are. We're talking about Google doing bad business. And that's a different conversation. I mean, again, if I was a client and I had a vendor and the vendor said one thing and then did the exact opposite thing, I would fire them and I would demand my money back. Right. Um, Let's talk about the real world violence thing to the extent that you're willing. Because you noted at the top of the show that the things that Dan Bongino and others have said about you and your partner, Nandini, at Check My Ads, you know, have been harassing. You know, I remember, I don't think it was 2023, I think it was maybe 2022, you all spoke at South by Southwest, I think in Austin, and you had to have security. So give us just a sense as we're wrapping up here, a little bit of the sense of the real world consequences for you all. I think that we're dealing at Check My Ads with the same thing that many journalists deal with, which is the harassment campaigns that these people who financially benefit from disinformation and hate are waging against people who are truth-telling and holding folks accountable. And this is directly out of the authoritarian playbook. I mean, we're dealing with a system in folks' heads where they want to get away with impunity. They want to do anything they want and have that be a system where they can just lie and have that benefit them either financially or politically. And we're seeing that the consequences of that are catching up to them. But in the meantime, the harassment that we're receiving is hot. It's a lot. And I'm very happy to say, and nobody else knows this yet, but Rumble has already been dropped because of our our work this past week, has already been dropped by two ad exchanges. It is going to get worse for them because of this kind of harassment. Advertisers want nothing to do with it. In the meantime, 
we're being called all kinds of names and we're having to deal with weirdos trying to find where where we live. And that sucks. And it shouldn't be the case, but it is. And I think it's an indication that we need all hands on deck here. And, you know, thank you very much for having me on this show and for telling your audience about this work and about the problems that we see. I believe that we can do something. And especially when I'm in the middle of all of this heat, I need to put the bat signal out and say, listen, like, make it big. And you responded to that. And I really, really appreciate it. No, look, I mean, here's the thing is that you said something. I mean, we're, we're all in this together and it will take all of us. And again, this is, from my perspective, it can be pro-democracy. It can be anti-authoritarian. I think those are generally, you know, the same thing. They line up with one another. But what you're talking about is you're right. These people believe, and for a long time, it has been a belief borne out by reality, Claire, that we are in a post-truth world. We're in a post-consequence world that so many of these people, like a Dan Bongino, whoever, they see no other sanction other than losing advertisers and losing money. But they believe that they should have all the authority they want without any of the responsibility that comes along with it. And it's up to us, you know, people in our world who, yes, tell the truth and want to hold people accountable, say bullshit, right? You don't get to say whatever you want. You don't get to do whatever you want. There are going to be consequences, consequences within the rule of law, right, that we all agree to abide by. And they don't want to abide by them because it's not convenient for them. Why? Because back to where you started, Claire, it costs them money. If they're normal, the wackos that listen to them don't listen. They'll find it someplace else. But that does not mean that you don't whack every mole you can find. All right, Claire, before we let you go, first, I want to thank you. Second, where can we find you on social media if you're still willing to go there? And where can we find Check My Ads? I'm on all the channels at Cat the Kin. And my business partner, Nandini, is Nandoodles. If you follow her, she's a lot more prolific. She can handle a lot more than I can. And I suggest both. And then we're also at Check My Ads HQ. And those are on the socials. And then checkmyads.org. We are launching a new website soon. We are launching a new program for our checkmates. Anyone who donates more than $5 a month is a checkmate. And we love our community. We always put emails out where we host private events with our community. You are very welcome to come. And we have lots and lots planned for 2024. We have a lot of folks to hold accountable. Rumble is already losing advertisers. They're already losing ad exchanges, which is so important. And this is a material hit on these people, on the hate and disinformation that we see today that is causing real world violence. And I think that's hopeful. Well, and the thing that I like most about what, I mean, I like everything that you all do, but the thing that you and Nandini do is you punch so far above your weight, you're not afraid to take these people on. And the more that they get mad at you, the more that you guys find that resolve, I guess is the right way to put it, and say, uh-uh, not on my watch. And I think guys out there, listen, go to checkmyads.org. There's great information there. And if we all do what we do, right? If we do different things, right, Claire? But if we all do what we do on our complimentary to one another gang, we will win this fight. Because here's what I know, Claire. There are more of us than there are of them. There's no question in my mind. All right, gang, as always, you could find me on whatever Elon calls it now, at Reed Galen, on Instagram and threads at Reed underscore Galen underscore LP. Claire Atkin, thank you for joining me. 
thanks again to everyone for listening. Be sure to follow and subscribe to The Lincoln Project on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or however you listen. Don't forget to leave a five-star review. To connect with us, follow us on Twitter, at Project Lincoln, and for more information on our movement, to join our mailing list, subscribe to our newsletter, or make a contribution to our efforts, visit lincolnproject.us. If you want to message the podcast directly, please send an email to podcast at lincolnproject.us. And if you want to personally join the fight to save our nation's democracy, visit jointheunion.us. For The Lincoln Project, I'm Reed Galen. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.